0: Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne.
1: And I'm Olivia de
0: Bercier. And if you want to support the show, please check out our merch store at etsy.com slash shop blathers to see all the stickers, postcards, and sticker sheets we have for sale.
1: And of course, tell your friends about us. So this week we're finally going to be talking about the octopus, which is one I think I've been putting off mostly because I knew it was going to be like a huge amount of like really cool information and I wanted to make sure to like do it justice. So if you know anything about octopus, you may not be surprised to hear that this topic will have to be like a two-parter episode. So today I'll talk more about the octopus life cycle and a bit about how their bodies are built. But the next episode, we'll talk about things like octopus intelligence, their ability to camouflage, and then all of those facts that are sort of species specific. And yeah, all those like random sort of bizarre stories and that sort of thing. So stick with us. uh, And then next week, we will have more octopus stuff for you.
0: I'm so excited. I've I've been excited about this one since the beginning. I kind of always... Felt like we had done octopus, but I think it's just because octopus ends up coming up in a lot of they the do. episodes.
1: Yeah, and like we did the the Dumbo octopus, so I right. guess we have done a octopus. I'll be honest, I don't really remember exactly how much of other octopuses we covered in that one, but yeah, you can always check out that
0: one too if you want like a real deep dive on on that particular creature. That was a long time ago too. It was. If you listened to it at the time. You probably are like me and don't remember anything from it. (laughs) We're really bad at remembering our own
1: episodes.
0: (laughs) We cover a lot of animals on here.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's some things that like stand out in my mind and I can't hold on to all of it. But yeah, I'm excited for this week. I'm also like a little bit intimidated because there's just so much cool stuff that I want to make sure I like cover as much as I can. Because I don't want anyone being like, oh my gosh, you forgot to say this. Like one really cool thing about octopus Because there's so many cool things.
0: Definitely. Well, we're going to see what Blathers has to say. But first, I wanted to just caveat this by saying that, like, the weird thing in Animal Crossing New Horizons is that octopus is a type of villager. But it's also, like, a thing you can catch and bring to the museum, which is concerning. (laughs) (laughs) It brings up a lot of questions. Just don't think
1: so hard about it. Just, we're going to kind of... Not analyze it too too much.
0: I don't know. Blathers Blathers may be running a prison. It's like
1: I don't know. I feel like it's the equivalent of like the Grinch and the Who's. Like the Grinch is the octopus that you catch, and the Who's the Who's are like the villagers, and the octopus in the water is like a cast out octopus.
0: Oh, or like an evil, octopus. like an evil octopus <laughs> with a small. What heart. if
1: the villager is the evil one? That, like, kicked out all the other octopus.
0: Well, yeah. I guess let's try not to think about it. (laughs) It'll be too much of a debate. But yeah, let's see what Blathers has to say. So, if you bring an octopus to Blathers, he'll say, With its eight limbs, three hearts, and surprisingly big brain, the octopus is quite the wonder. It is also an escape artist like no other. You see, the octopus has specialized skin cells that can change color and texture with lightning speed. Thus, it can look for all the world like a patch of seabed one minute and a pile of rocks the next. But the deception doesn't stop there. What would? When attacked by a predator, the octopus releases a cloud of ink and poof, makes its escape. Let's just call the octopus what it is, shall we? The ninja of the deep. I love,
1: I think this is probably my favorite Blathers quote. I just love how he represents the octopus.
0: Yeah, this is a really nice one. I I like it a lot. It's so cute. So what is an octopus actually? Like, I I was just looking it up on the Animal Crossing wiki and it was like fish. And I was like, I don't think that's right. (laughs) I mean, by the standard that everything's a fish, sure. But
1: like, no. Uh, An octopus is a mollusk. So that is basically like clams and mussels and snails are also mollusks. But... As you can probably tell, they have evolved far beyond what we could ever, like, I guess normally expect from something as simple as a mollusk, if you're going to be really reductive about it. But mollusks are kind of amazing. Like overall, they they are the second biggest group of invertebrates after the arthropods. Uh, so like all the bugs and the crabs and stuff.
0: And I think that's really cool. I did not know that. Wow.
1: Yeah. So octopus are, I guess, relatives of all those clams and mussels and oysters and things. So that's kind of neat because they look so different. Octopus are part of a group called the cephalopods. So that's a really good term to know. So tuck that away for the future. So cephalopods include things like nautilus, cuttlefish, squid, and of course the octopus. And in general, mollusks are known for having a protective shell around a muscular core body. But over evolutionary time, cephalopods lost their shell. So without the shell, the octopus and its cephalopodian cousins were free to develop all these new ways of locomoting and, of course, all of these other really cool evolutionary adaptations like those arms and their intelligence and their ability to camouflage and all of that. There are 300 species of octopus. The largest is the giant Pacific octopus, which is that one you've probably seen in photos where it's very kind of red colored, very charismatic looking, and it can weigh up to 33 pounds and have an arm span of 14 feet long or 4.3 meters. But you can get species that are very small. The smallest octopus is the star sucker pygmy octopus, which is an inch long and I think it has such a darn cute name, the star sucker pygmy. I love it so much. And so we'll talk a little bit more about different species of octopus in next week's episode, but I did want to bring up those ones.
0: That is a really cute name.
1: Like I want I don't know, I want to name something star sucker pygmy, like like a nickname <laughs> in a video game or something. Yeah. It reminds me of like a lollipop or like the star in Mario Kart that always looked like a candy.
0: Mm, yeah. I guess when I think of octopus, I always think of the giant Pacific octopus. I guess especially just, like, being here on the west coast of Canada and everything. Where else can octopus be found?
1: They're really well dispersed all around the world. They can be found in virtually every depth of water, all the way down from, like, the abyssal plains, up to extremely shallow water, like, where, like, people could swim. Of course, the greatest diversity is in the tropics, but you can find them in really cold waters, like, even in Alaska. And, of course, the coast outside of Vancouver, that water is really cold. So they, they're they pretty tough things. And it's kind of cool when I looked into it. I guess I'd always sort of thought of them as a tropical animal, but... Overall, they, they've got quite the dispersal.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like I did not think of them as a tropical animal.
1: Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. So we had opposite yeah. impressions of these octopus.
0: I wonder if that's just like a growing up in Vancouver thing. It, it must be, not. yeah.
1: Like seeing the octopus at the aquarium and stuff. Yeah, like I always think of those really colorful octopus in like coral reef documentaries. Mm. And I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a wild octopus, like when I was snorkeling in Hawaii or something. And if I did, I don't have a memory of it, which is too bad, but I would love to see one in the wild.
0: Me too. I don't think I have, or I think I would
1: remember it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about octopus, like anatomy. There's a few features that I really want to point out in this episode. So the first is the mantle. So this is what you might recognize as the head of the octopus, So this part of the octopus is sort of like a bag that carries many of the octopus's organs like its hearts, stomach, brain, and reproductive organs.
0: Right, and you said hearts. Blather said that they have three hearts?
1: Yeah, which I did not know. Apparently, octopus are actually quite inefficient at absorbing oxygen, or I guess processing oxygen. In our bodies, we have hemoglobin in our blood, and that's quite efficient at transporting oxygen. It also makes our blood red. But instead of hemoglobin, octopuses have hemocyanins, and they transport oxygen around. It's not as efficient as hemoglobin at transporting that oxygen, and it also turns their blood blue. So they don't have red blood. This is really hard to say. (laughs) It's a tongue twister. They don't have red blood. They have blue blood. It's very royal of them. Yeah. Hemocyanins also make the blood quite thick, so it's quite hard to push it through the body. But part of the way that they've gotten around this inefficiency is that they've ended up gaining two additional hearts so that they can have more blood pumping around to transport that oxygen. The other thing, though, I should mention is that they can also absorb some oxygen through their skin. So this also helps.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's that's so interesting that like instead of making the oxygen transport more efficient, evolution would just be like let's just give them extra. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I feel like it's such a good example of how like evolution is so random and sometimes does really kind of dumb things. <laughs> like uh, it's it's really it's a funny thing to read. And there were a few times reading about octopus where I was like. Why? Like, why was that the easiest path? But I guess evolution doesn't necessarily look for like the most efficient path. They're just gonna be like, this kind of works, sort of. <laughs> so another kind of dumb thing they do is they respirate through the same place that they locomote. So there's part of their body called a siphon or a funnel. Um, you've probably seen it in pictures. It's kind of like you usually see it in photos like under the mantle, kind of between the mantle and the eye in that sort of, like, constricted part of their body, it looks like a flexible rubber tube. And this is where they're able to push water out of their body to jet themselves forward and locomote. But they also breathe through this tunnel. So if they're swimming, they're going into an actual, like, cardiac arrest and oxygen debt because they aren't able to pump new oxygen through the system. So they need a little rest after they have, like, a really hard swim. But like, can you imagine if if wow. you were working out, like, you couldn't <laughs> breathe? Like, if you were walking, you would have to, like, hold your breath. That, that would be your life.
0: Yeah, they just don't seem... I don't know. I mean, it seems like they have some amazing adaptations and also, like, a lot of the basic functions didn't get... Yeah. <laughs>
1: finished <laughs> like it's really funny because I feel like I've seen this sort of talk about octopus as though if humans weren't around they would be like the dominant life form it's like sort of this ongoing internet joke that like octopus maybe they were like the ones who took over this planet before us and now they're just chilling at the bottom of the ocean you know like those kinds of jokes yeah and I'm like you know after reading this fact I feel fairly confident that that was never the case. <laughs> Like, among, you know, other evidence. I just, not after learning this fact. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention about octopus anatomy is that they have a beak. It literally looks like a little parrot beak, and that's their mouth. And they have teeth called radula, so kind of like hard bits that help them grind up food. And this is the only hard part of their body, so keep that in mind. We'll talk more about their hunting strategies in the next episode, but I did also want to like mention that part of their body.
0: This is a random question, but can octopus regenerate their limbs? Yeah, so it's really amazing.
1: I guess octopus are somewhat prone to losing their arms. They're often sticking their arms in occupied holes while they look for food and explore their habitats. And the occupants of those holes would understandably try and bite their arms off so yeah (laughs) it's kind of common for them to have lost arms luckily they're able to very quickly stop blood flow to that arm when this happens so they don't bleed out and then later they sort of give just enough blood so that that arm is able to clot and then the muscle nervous tissue around the lost arm will degrade and over time the arm will regenerate slowly that's so cool it's very cool there's also multiple species, including the pygmy octopus, which will just like ca- like throw their arm away from themselves if they're physically threatened. So they'll basically just like detach their arm and it'll fly off and distract the predator and sort of wiggle around. And that gives the rest of the octopus time to swim away, which I think is so bizarre. I mean, it's not The only organism that does that, like if you think of geckos, that will drop their tails. But every time I hear about it, I'm always like aghast that an animal would learn how to do that. That is so cool and bizarre and and like wacky.
0: That's so cool. I would I I had never heard that before. Yeah, so bizarre. And if people are longtime listeners of the podcast, they've probably heard us mention this a few times, how octopuses only live for a year or two, which is, I don't know, just a fact from this show that's really stuck with me. I would love to hear more about their life cycle and like how this works. Yeah, it's truly so interesting to me.
1: And every time I read about it, especially stories that are like about particular octopuses, like there's a really good book called Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery, which I loved. And it's kind of um the author, Cy Montgomery... Does a lot of volunteering in in an aquarium. I can't remember which aquarium, fortunately, but she talks about all these different like octopus she would meet and like their personalities and about their lives. And so people get really bonded to them. And I haven't watched My Octopus Teacher, but I think I should before we do our next episode, just because it's such a big like, I guess, like pop culture understanding of octopuses right now. But there's also been like really good podcast episodes from Radiolab about octopus where they talk about these octopus mothers. So yeah, people get really bonded to them, even though they have such a short life. I do recommend listening to that Radiolab episode. I think it's called like The Octopus Mother or something. Anyway, if you search up Radiolab and octopus, you'll definitely find it. It's very good. But yeah, so talking about the lifespan, like let's talk about them as an egg. So octopuses hatch out of eggs that are laid usually in a den, except in the case of the football octopus, in which these eggs are laid and hatch inside of the body of the mother octopus, and so they kind of look like they're hatching as live young, but there's still that egg stage there. So yeah, they're in eggs, and these eggs have a nice cushion to them and a protective shell made out of the same hard material as are fingernails. And this is really important because they're going to get jostled around a bit, so they need to be pretty tough. In most species, these eggs are about the size of a grain of rice, so they're quite small. They can get a little bit bigger, like a couple inches, depending on the species. And a mother octopus will lay anywhere from tens of thousands of eggs to only about a thousand, which is still a lot, but I guess not compared to tens of thousands. And those that that lay fewer eggs will usually lay larger eggs, because bigger eggs means bigger babies. So usually species laying bigger eggs are also those that are living in a harsher environment, something like the deep sea, where they can afford that longer development time that comes with larger young, and thereby give their young a bit of a head start in life. There's fewer resources there, so you probably also don't want all your young competing with one another, so it makes sense for there to be fewer young and bigger young in that case. But if we look back at those species that lay tens of thousands of eggs, they will hatch out these tiny planktonic octopus babies. These tiny young are able to hitch a ride on the current like the turtles in Finding Nemo and the current disperses them all across the ocean where they become part of the ocean's plankton. At this point they look much like what you'd think octopus babies would look like. They're kind of transparent and jelly-like and they have these very large eyes And a few little chromatophores, and chromatophores are the color-producing cells on their body. At this stage in their life, they're kind of contracted to help that octopus baby blend in. They also have short little octopus arms, and in some species, young octopus may also be able to ink which is when they jet out that puff of thick oily black stuff that helps them confuse and hide themselves from predators as they swim away. So that's another thing that some of them will have at this point. But overall, they're just really, really adorable. Tragically, though, uh, these very adorable little octopus babies will mostly die. Very few of them survive. It makes sense, like, if there's tens of thousands in each brood, like, they're not expecting every single one to make it. There's just so much in the ocean that wants to eat plankton, so they're just a perfect target. The lucky few that aren't eaten will grow quite quickly. And as they grow heavier, they will sink to the ocean floor where they will begin to find a den.
0: Wow, yeah, I kind of just assumed that octopus would only have like a few babies and like raise them, you know? Yeah, they seem like...
1: Because we talk about them being really intelligent, and so many of them are kind of big and charismatic, you would think that they would like raise their little babies very carefully.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I thought I thought that, but no, that's interesting. Yeah, so going back to
1: the dens, they will if they're living in the shallow ocean. They have all kinds of dens to choose from. There's plenty of rocky outcroppings. There's corals, and even there's like a lot of human garbage like beer bottles and cement blocks. And those are surprisingly good dens for a lot of octopus. There's also other surfaces that create good little dens, like just cracks in the ground. So those are sort of the ideal den for an octopus. But even some species will prefer to have a sort of mobile home, if you will. They will have shells or like a coconut like i don't know if you guys guys have seen like the coconut shell that like a little octopus will carry on the ground of the ocean there's this like really cute video on youtube sorry i digress anyway (laughs) they will also use sometimes shells as like a little den that they can carry with them that's nice and easy to hide in but in the deep sea where the ocean floor is just covered in a really thick layer of mud made up of dead plankton and feces and other marine snow, there's barely any good denning habitat. So the octopuses down there will basically hide under anything they can find, whether it be a random rock or even like a whale skeleton. Sometimes there's shells down there and sometimes they find a shipwreck. So octopus, you know, both in the shallow and in the deep sea will definitely use shipwrecks. In fact, it seems like they really... You know, you'll get large numbers of octopus hanging out
0: on a shipwreck. That's so cool. Yeah. Now I want to write a short story about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I've read one story that was like there were like eight found on the specific shipwreck and they were really excited about it. Like imagine how cool that would be. You're checking out a shipwreck and you get to see an octopus. That would be the best day.
0: It's like a shipwreck haunted by ghosts, but the ghosts are octopus. Oh, so cool.
1: Yeah, so for octopus, the best dens are places with good oxygen flow, few pollutants, and minimal disturbances that might scare octopus away. So once they've found a den, some octopus will also clean out their dens very carefully, and luckily they have those very flexible arms to help them. Sometimes they'll also reuse a den that another octopus used, so there might be some debris to clean out. And the other thing to mention is if you're ever looking for an octopus, like you're diving and you're looking around, a good way to find one is to look for piles of their trash. So things like empty crab shells and mollusk husks. And these piles of food that the octopus leave outside their den is called a midden, which I thought was really cute because we also call the piles of kind of discarded and hidden food that squirrels make a midden. So that's... m-i-d-d-e-n not like mitten like gloves <laughs> but I thought that was a cute word
0: yeah I feel like don't they use middens too like when they find like anthropological sites with you know lots of shells and stuff from from where people were fishing on the beach or whatever that kind of thing oh they I've also call heard that, that a before. midden too that's I cool think. yeah like on saturna there are even middens huh that's really interesting What does uh, octopus reproduction look like?
1: Yeah, so when it comes time for an octopus to mate, females will, well, it's thought that females probably release some kind of chemical compound that lets her potential suitors know where to find her. So that's usually kind of the first thing that happens. I should mention that male octopus look pretty similar to females. One of the things that differentiates them is that they have one arm that is shorter than the others. I should also note here that we call octopus arms, arms, not tentacles, because apparently tentacle refers to an appendage in cephalopods that have suction cups only at the end of the appendage. So you see this in things like squids and cuttlefish. But in octopus, the suction cups go all the way along the appendage. Actually, now that I think of it, I suspect Nautilus also have tentacles, not arms, but I haven't fact-checked that, so... Just wanted to mention that. Anyway, um, (laughs) the male octopus has this shorter arm and he uses this arm to give the female octopus his lovely courting gift, which is a package filmed with sperm and it is called a spermotheca. So the spermotheca which is how I think you pronounce it. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. It's transported down along this specialized groove on this shorter arm. And he has a specialized organ called a ligula at the end of the arm that is thought to help clear out any previous sperm that may have been deposited in the female by another male. So once the female accepts the packet and fertilizes her egg, that's basically the end for the male octopus. Like, he's like, all right, I did my thing and now it is time to die. So he will very quickly decline into what's called a senescent state, which is basically like an octopus getting dementia. And that's an actual comparison from one of the books I was reading on octopus. It is like this degrading of the mind and the overall the body. So this state may last up to a month, and during this time, the octopus will begin to lose its appetite, it will stop hunting and foraging, and it'll start to wander around in a way that is dangerously exposed. So octopuses in this state have been known to wander even onto land where they are often eaten by gulls and otters and all those other shore predators, or they may even dry out there on the land. Other octopus may swim upstream into a freshwater river where they will die from the freshwater. Most octopuses in the state don't die naturally because they become such easy targets. They will even begin to release proteins that dissolve their arms and other organs, and lesions will appear on their bodies that become more secondarily infected and result in those octopuses looking really very rough and just kind of gross. But even before these lesions appear, both male and female octopuses will begin to turn gray and lose a huge amount of their weight. Part of the sort of symptom, symptomatic look of this is that their eyes kind of look like they're bulging. And that is mainly because the eyes stay the same size, but the rest of their body loses weight. So it gives the appearance of bulging eyes.
0: Wow. I did not know that. That's wild. Yeah. That's so sad for them. <laughs> it is really sad. They just kind of like... They,
1: they've, like, finished their life purpose and they just, like, go wandering until they die. So they
0: just mate the one time then?
1: For most octopuses, yes. There is one species called the larger Pacific striped octopus, which seems to have really won some sort of, like, lottery. It will reproduce multiple times throughout its lifespan of about two years. So there might be other exceptions to that rule, but that's the one I know of.
0: Wow. Yeah. And what happens to the female? Does she go through a similar process? Kind of. So for the female, once
1: she's mated, now, I'm also going to say a bunch of things that are sort of generalizations for the whole octopus group, but there are probably more specific time, lengths of time for different species. But anyway, once she's mated, it'll be about 40 days until it's time to lay her eggs. And those eggs will take up to 25 to 40% of her body weight, depending on the species She'll return to the safety of the den she's chosen to lay her eggs in and she'll lay her eggs in a way where they have like this stringy attachment from which they will hang from the ceiling in these large groups or festoons, which I just love that word. I like the image of like these like festoons, these like balloons of eggs and they'll be hanging from the ceiling, like all these like fancy ornaments so the mother octopus will sometimes then close herself off from the world by blocking the entrance of of her den with rocks and other debris. And this is actually part of the reason why we don't know a huge amount about this part of the octopus life cycle for some species. They're really good at hiding themselves away and protecting their young. And so... Yeah, it's, it's kind of, sometimes we're lucky and they don't block off that entrance so we can kind of peer inside and learn about them. But other times they're very good at being like, nope, no one needs to come near me. I'm just focusing on keeping my brood alive. So at this point, the mother octopus will stop eating and she will dedicate her entire life to her young. Because she isn't eating, she will metabolize her muscle tissues. So octopus don't metabolize fat like we do because they have very few fatty tissues. So by the end of her brood's development, she will be half the weight she was at the start. In the den, she'll use her funnel to gently blow water over her young to make sure that they receive enough oxygen to develop. And this flow of water, as well as her caressing her eggs with her arms, will also make sure that algae and barnacles and these sort of organisms like hydras won't grow on her eggs and interfere with their development. So she's really making sure to clean the eggs, to keep a close eye on them, and basically her focus is entirely on the eggs. If predators try any tricky business, they try to eat the eggs or come too close to the den, the female will defend her brood, but she saves her energy for the most part, just, you know, focused on these eggs. And as the hatch time approaches, she will turn gray, and just like the male, she'll start to degrade. But she'll hold off until right after her brood hatches. Some females will even have enough strength to open their den up again if they've covered it with rocks, just in time for the young to emerge. And then when the young are born and they swim off, the female will die and rapidly be eaten by whatever scavengers are nearby. And that is the end of the female octopus. It's really kind of like sad, but also sweet that like she spends like it's really the timing is kind of amazing. And I think the timing is what sort of amazes scientists in that like, She knows to hold off right until the moment that her brood hatch.
0: Wow, I am so blown away by this because we talked about the lifespan before and I kind of just thought, oh, they just die of old age or something. But this is like extreme.
1: (laughs) This is really. It is very extreme. It's like the most dramatic, like heroic death that I can think of an invertebrate having.
0: Yeah, I, I really wonder. I don't know if you read anything about this, but like. Octopus that are in captivity, like, if they're not allowed to mate, do they live longer? So, okay, I've read a little bit about it,
1: not enough to say anything definitively yet, so I'll have to talk about that next episode. I do know that they will, like, I, I it did seem like from what I read they were living a little bit longer, but still not a huge amount.
0: Yeah, that's, it seems like they really have this biological clock ticking away. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Wow. Yeah, they're they're a really interesting animal with a really fascinating lifestyle and, like, lifespan. Octopuses are really such well-known animals. I feel like I almost have to be reminded of how strange they are every once in a while. Like, there's so few creatures on this planet that look and behave anything like it. And I'm so excited to get into their behavior next episode. Because I think that just, like, makes this lifespan story so much more bizarre. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm so excited. These are such,
0: like, fantastical creatures.
1: <laughs> they are. Like, it's such a mythological feeling. Like, reading the story of, like, their eggs hatching right at the... Like, it's very, like, Phoenix rising from the ashes, you know?
0: Yeah. Evolution is definitely a lot stranger than fiction. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Livia. Such an interesting episode, and I, I'm really psyched for next week. Yeah. Everyone d- definitely tune in. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Beyond Blathers and check out our TikTok at beyond underscore blathers.
1: Yes, and don't forget to take a look at our shop at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers.
0: Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye. <laughs>